Welcome to a new episode of Time to Shine. This is your host, Oscar Santolaya. Time to Shine presents you interviews with successful public speakers who share their experience and secrets with you in a weekly podcast. Hello and thank you for joining us today. Today we have a very, very special interview. But I promise it's going to be one of the funniest you'll ever listen here because we have a special guest who will tell us how to spice up our words with humor. Let me introduce you Alicia Datner. Alicia started dreaming of being a comedian at the age of eight and wasted 10 years growing up before she finally started performing at 18. Then she graduated from Hampshire College with a degree in stand-up comedy. Yes, comedy. And through this year, he became a great comedian. Lately, has voted the best comedian 2014 in San Francisco Bay Guardian, Best of the Bay's Reader's Poll. And she has appeared on NPR, The Wall Street Journal, San Francisco Examiner, San Francisco Chronicle, in a really long list of places where she has performed a lot and she's doing a lot of also of workshop. We will also talk about that. So let me introduce Alicia Darner. Hello, Alicia. How are you? I'm great. It's such an honor to be here with you, Oscar. I'm really happy to have you here. And I cannot wait to hear the things you have to tell us about some humor for speakers. Could you start telling us a little bit more about yourself and your projects? So I have been doing stand-up comedy for many, many years. And more recently, I became a life coach and then uh, really started focusing on being a comedy coach. So I bring all of the tools of personal growth into the world of comedy. And I bring the tools of comedy into the world of personal growth. And... um you know, my main love in life is to be on stage and to make people laugh. And when I'm off stage, I love to be uh, deeply related to people and uh, and see how they can be fully self-expressed and, and have more fun. Um, to that end, I have a number of one-woman shows that I tour around the world and I am creating a comedy festival, a live comedy festival that's, um, that will be a partial benefit to, um, save the rainforest. So I feel like, uh, one of my favorite things to do is, is make people laugh and change the world at the same time. So if I could get a whole room full of people just sitting and laughing and literally saving the world by doing that, that's, uh, that's pretty much my dream come true. Oh, that sounds really awesome. And have you already started this project, uh, this Saving Rainforest? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, in September, we will be having our first comedy show. It's called the Making Light Comedy Fest. And we have a number of people lined up to perform. And also, uh, we have... Uh, nonprofit that we are raising money for called SaveNature.org. And they save rainforest and coral reef and educate kids. And it's awesome. Oh, it's really awesome. 
Could you tell us now when was your first time on stage? Was as, as a comedian? Yeah, well, there were a number of sort of incidental moments in school, in school plays, you know, people somehow putting me on stage. Mm -hmm. But uh, but I marked the first official time doing stand-up. Um, that was when I had just started college and someone had a comedy open mic night mm -hmm. and he was majoring in comedy. And it was, uh, I just decided... I'm going to write some material and I'm going to get on stage. And it was terrifying and <laughs> exhilarating. It was probably the most exciting, the most exciting time I've ever been on stage just because it was completely unknown. That was your, your very first time you just jump into the open mic. Yeah. I mean, I was, I took a few weeks, I would say at least when after between the time I saw the open mic and I, contemplated like, wow, I've wanted to do this my whole life. And now this mm -hmm. is opportunity is presenting itself just right at my doorstep, literally. Mm -hmm. And so I want to write some things and I want to see if I'm, you know, if it's going to be good. And then I finally made a time and said, okay, this night I'm doing it. Oh, yes. And through your journey, have you ever had this little scene called stage fry moment? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it manifests in different ways for different people. Mm -hmm. um, it's that moment where we won, you know, where we're sort of staring into the abyss and we don't know how it's going to go and who we are and why we're doing this. And those are all the things that, that run through my head. And uh, it's, it's, I have a physical reaction. I'm sweating. I'm scared. I, my face gets hot. Um, my stomach gets upset. It's just, it's kind of like everything that could get irritated does. Um, and it's because it's important to me, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's part of the, the feeling that makes you be there. Yeah, and it's like if if I didn't care, I wouldn't have a reaction. <laughs> you know, like that you know, not that uh surgeons should go into a a body when they have strange fright, but I think it's I think it's an important sign that we care about something and that mm -hmm. uh it's an exciting moment and it's an important moment and if we went through our whole lives and we never had that sort of intensity, then that would be a, that would be sad for me, actually. <laughs> awesome. Uh, can so, you, mm -hmm. Go ahead. Can you tell me if you have also delivered a serious speech? Mm. Right now, I, I clearly am delivering a serious speech. <laughs> 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 This is unusual for you. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I would say that a lot of um a lot of the time if I'm not expressly speaking, you know, if I'm not telling jokes, it mm -hmm. tends to get serious because I care a lot <laughs> about things. <laughs> <laughs> And seri a serious speech is actually a perfect time to have 
a comedic moment because the more serious you are about something and the more that people go with, uh, you know, the, the more that people trust you and feel that clarity of your seriousness, the bigger the laugh when you surprise them and you say something funny that they didn't expect. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's one of the, the tricks of the comedian, of course. Yeah. The surprise. Yeah. And it's hard to do with a comedian because, you know, with a comedian, you're constantly expecting the laugh. Oh, when's it going to be funny? Oh, is it going to be funny now? Oh, is this the moment? Oh, are you tri- <laughs> you're serious. You're, te- you're teasing me, right? <laughs> Whereas with a serious speaker, you know, any moment could could be a ripe moment for comedy because no one is expecting mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that's an excellent, uh, excellent point. I was asking also this because on the website you you mentioned Alicia Dadner serious comedy. So what is the <laughs> what's the reason of that? <laughs> I think it's because I I do have a very serious side and and I think that um, that's one of my favorite things is is the moment when it flips and the the funny comes and and also i just like the irony of the Mm. the idea that comedy could be serious you know and and also it's so important for me to take myself less seriously and to help people to do that so it's just funny to me (laughs) (laughs) it's funny to be serious yeah yeah the idea that people take themselves seriously sometimes just makes me laugh in general (laughs) (laughs) and what is the ultimate thing that speakers should learn from comedians what do you think i think it's that um you have to really connect with what you're what you're speaking about in the present moment not just what you practiced in front of the mirror but comedians have a magical art and this is this is their main uh, skill is being present and speaking what's here now. And so you do a lot of preparation. You're writing jokes and you're writing things. But once you get on stage, in, to some degree, once you've – it's like I, I always think of comedy like jazz. Like you learn the scales. Mm-hmm. You learn the jazz standards. You practice and practice. And then when you get up there, you're not – you don't get up and play the, you don't get up and play the scales. You get up and you do jazz. Mm. And that happens in the moment with other people. And even if there aren't hecklers uh, heckling you on stage, mm. you're still, the, the skill of the comedian is a deep sensitivity and attunement to the audience, to the mood, to what's happening in the room in that moment. And, if you look at someone like Paula Poundstone, she is brilliant at that, where she feels what's happening and speaks to it and follows threads that, and asks questions that would never have been thought of. That's her, that's her brilliance. And so I think speakers can tend to have a very uh, straightforward agenda mm-hmm. and a sort of arrow-like idea about what they want to convey and if you can attune to them and and get right where they're at right now the power of the speech is going to magnify by exponentially 
Yeah, excellent, excellent point. It's true. The the connection is um, one of the main assets, of course, of, of comedians, and something that yeah, it's uh, some speaker don't don't pay too much attention to that, and it's it's a must because in in uh, comedian you have to as you compare with the jazz, you have to all the time react, no? change all the time, and depending on what's happening at the moment. Yeah, yeah, and it really is a co-creation. Mm-hmm. It stops being the thing that you're doing and it becomes the thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. That sounds cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, cause honestly I wrote the jokes here. <laughs> when I, when I think about it, I still want to take credit for the jokes. Sure. And I also know that you have um, coaching sessions, as you mentioned, and workshops. Could you tell us a bit more about that? Sure, Oscar. Yeah. I have been delighted to get to watch other people start to do some of this kind of special brand of serious comedy. <laughs> that I, mm-hmm. um, and I have a workshop called Solo Showdown, which is a workshop for people who are really any range of of skill level but people who really want to bring something that's important to them out into the world and who want to fully self-express it so it's an eight-week experience um in person live and i'm doing it in california right now and it's a journey where people take something that's really important to them in their lives and either make it funny or uh, tell a serious story or um, anything from creating a TED Talk to a moth-style solo performance, storytelling, Mm -hmm. stand-up comedy people are doing. And I'm beginning to um, expand into... I'm doing some three-day workshops where we do the same thing, but compressed into three solid days. And I'm excited to be creating a longer program um, for people who want to actually create a full-length show or speech. Mm-hmm. So it's um, for the different styles where people want to express something. Yeah, I have found since I've done so many different styles – I'm actually able to support people in a lot of different styles. I have a lot of acting training as well. So, um, so I'm interested in people taking things, you know, we, speaking of serious, uh, the acting work that I've done is much more serious in in a lot of realms. And I, my teacher was very influential in sharing with me like how, the level of depth that we go when we go down, that's also the level that we can bring things up. So the more, the more authentically real we can be, the more um, authentically silly we can be, I think. (laughs) And do you think that people that are normally serious or boring can be funny on stage? How is how difficult is that? I don't think so. No. <laughs> That's why you are there doing the, the coaching sessions. <laughs> um, yeah, I, you know, I mean, when I, work with, when I work with speakers or trainers who 
are already great speakers and they aren't bringing as much humor to their work as they'd like to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we spend time together and it really is an experience of immersion of just like starting to see the world in a more funny way and, Mm -hmm. um, seeing the absurdity and the irony and things and pointing it out and actually letting oneself internally be impacted. So like the, the biggest thing I think we can do for our sense of humor to cultivate it is to stop looking outside to be funny and to try to please other people with, with our humor and really just focus on what makes us laugh. Really to focus on your own sense of humor. What, what tickles you? What makes you, what makes you giggle? What makes you fall apart and pee in your pants because you're laughing so hard (laughs) (laughs) and spend more time with that. And so when people do that with me on a regular basis or really any comedian or, or person who is, has a lighter perspective, I think people can start to bring that more into their lives. And it's, it's like a muscle, like anything. Mm -hmm. So find your own humor, your own sort of humor and what makes you laugh yourself. That sounds That a scene will make other laughs with you? Yes, totally, mm-hmm. totally. And it doesn't mean that that's going to happen every time, that everything you find sure. funny, other people are going to. Mm-hmm. But it starts to awaken the places where, you know, I think one of, our, one of my favorite things to watch, and I think it's true for many people, is watching someone else have a good time mm-hmm. and watching someone else you know, seeing the inside of another person in a, you know, what, what makes them, what, what's unique about what they find it funny. Um, and that in itself is funny, not even necessarily the thing itself, but mm-hmm. just watching them enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm curious, like, what are some things that you find funny, Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, 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 It's hard to say. It's, it's a, it's variety. You, you know, you never know something. I love cat videos. Oh yeah. I, I know. Lo- I'm, I also like them. Me, you like them too? Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, it's really cliche, but I have, I think I've always loved cat videos. I, it's, it, that's, you know, like when an animal is doing like a, an obnoxious thing, like I, I don't think it has to be something that is so unique and so, new that no one has ever heard of it it's like really just be out with what tickles you yeah it's for instance cat videos that's true also like those things that's so so simple right and yeah can make you laugh <laughs> totally yeah i agree what you say that it's important to find the the authenticity you know the, the, the authentic thing that make you really humorous yeah And yeah, could, and I think it's a it's a process. Mm, sure, sure, I understand. And usually, what are the the biggest obstacle you find for people not being funny? Normally, what's the obstacle? I think it's when we just shut our ourselves down, mm. and we're not um, we're not connecting. Mm. So, like, or there is some there's something we're trying to avoid doing or feeling. You know, maybe there's a lot of anger or there's a lot of frustration. 
Um, and actually, people who are angry and frustrated can be hilarious, but <laughs> <laughs> not always on purpose. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um, so for me, it's always been that trying to be funny was the biggest obstacle. Like, yeah. I really, really wanted people to perceive me as funny and think I was funny and like me because I was funny. And so that's really a, a it's a bad combination. Mm. <laughs> um, so I think like it's like if you tried to tickle yourself and you, uh, you know, you can't tickle yourself. Well, you can't try to make someone laugh. It really has to be a, a spontaneous, a spontaneous or, a, or an experience that happens because it was something that came from you and that, that you then offer. So I don't know. I would say like trying to be funny is probably the biggest obstacle to mm. being funny. Yeah. I think, I think that's the conclusion. Don't try to be funny. That is, <laughs> yeah, if don't you try. yes, <laughs> I mean, it's then, but it's, uh, it's, it's true. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Alicia, could you share with us now your favorite quotation? Mm, I just saw this one. Mm -hmm. And the quote is, how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. I don't remember who said it, but uh, it, it just struck me that this is it. This is how, whatever we're doing now is what we're doing And, and I want to spend, you know, like I, it makes me think throughout the day now, how, how do I want to spend this day? Because this is my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Every day is your life. Every, every moment is your life. Yes. Yeah. It's a nice quote. Thanks. Could you know? Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Could you now recommend us one book that has inspired you? You think it's a good recommendation for us? Sure. I would actually recommend since, you know, this is a special comedy show, a special edition, mm -hmm. uh, I would recommend Judy Carter's book, The Comedy Bible. It's really a very clear outline on how to write a joke. Mm -hmm. And it kind of demystifies the very basic process of what the structure of a joke is and not that you can't have different kinds of jokes that fall in different ways or write them in different ways, but it's the simplest way that I've under that I've, it's been explained to me. And so I would highly recommend the comedy Bible. Mm -hmm. So that'd be good for helping to, to create our, our own jokes. Yeah. For people to just start mm -hmm. learning what, what is a joke? How does it work? Mm -hmm. And, Um, I'll contradict what I said before. Earlier, I said that jokes are, you, you know, you can't try to be funny. On the other hand, you can try to write jokes. Oh, yes. And jokes are funny. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a great skill to have. Once you um, master the skill, then you let it go. And then you get to that place where you try not, where you don't try to be funny. But Sure. I recommend learning the the actual structure. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a great idea. And also it's a, it's a creative process also. It's very good. Totally. 
Alicia, now could you share with us an exercise, something practical that you recommend to do us daily or weekly as a routine to shine? Mm, I would say that laughter yoga is an incredible practice for shining. Mm -hmm. And what I like to do is combine it because I'm, because uh, nothing is ever quite enough for me. I like to combine <laughs> one practice with another practice. So um, I would suggest doing a power pose where uh, you have your, your standing, you've got your legs slightly apart, you've got your arms up in the sort of mystical wonder, gratitude arms, and, you, and you've got your chin. I'm doing it now. That's why I'm uh, describing it. I'm looking at my body and saying, mm -hmm. okay, that's what's happening. You've got your chin up and you're sort of face to the sky and uh, your arms are wide enough so that you feel your chest and your heart open and you let out some laughter and you just keep laughing until it feels real. Um, our body physiologically, so there are a few amazing things about this practice. Mm -hmm. The power pose, mm -hmm. um, it lowers cortisol It uh, raises testosterone, so we feel more outgoing and more um, empowered. And then the laughter also has a ton of physiological benefits, even if you're faking it. Your body literally <laughs> knows the difference. So you're, you're getting more things done. You're lowering your blood pressure. You are, um, let's see, what else? You're burning calories. <laughs> and uh, you're connecting with your breath. You're breathing more deeply. So if you can breathe all the way into your belly. You want to do it with me, Oscar? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's, let's just start out for like, let's do it for like a minute. And it's just completely going to feel totally absurd and silly and foolish. But I think we're going to. I think you have to power pose for two minutes to change your body chemistry. So I'm already standing, mm. already been standing this way for a minute. So let's just take a deep breath in. And as we breathe out, letting a ha sound out. Ha, ha, ha. Ah. Ha. <laughs> and if you do it with another person it's great because you actually start to laugh at yeah, the fake laugh exactly. or you laugh at your own <laughs> fake laugh and then it starts to be a real laugh so that's the idea it's sort of like getting an engine started to get <laughs> it's pretty good yeah it works <laughs> i'm actually feeling good i can feel some heat rising in my chest and my throat and i feel my i'm smiling actually for real and ah, we should have done this at the beginning oh yeah to warm up <laughs> yeah Wow. How do you feel? Oh, very good. Yeah, like what's happening for you and your body? Yeah, it's a, 
I warm up without moving too much, just uh, just laughing. The fate yeah. laughs plus the real. It becomes real, as you said. Yes. <laughs> awesome. And how how often do you recommend to do it? How for how long? I would say if you can do it five minutes, which is it's mm. going to feel like a long time, but minimum two or three mm. in the morning um, when you you know after you meditate or or right when you wake up. And if you have another person next to you, do it when you wake up with them. And uh, if you can do, actually, if you can do laughter yoga for 15 minutes a day, you'll have a radically different experience of your life. Um, if you did it 15 minutes in a row, mm. you, you would be, uh, alternatively, you know, you can do it for a minute five times a day. But making that a practice can really shift things. And even if you don't do it every day, you could have a moment when, oh, I, you know, either you're preparing for something important mm -hmm. and you're uh, nervous about it or you're feeling down. It's a great way to not ignore what you're feeling, but actually transform it or transmute it. Oh, yeah. It's a really excellent exercise. Yeah. I will definitely, I was about to tell you I will try, but no, I try already. So I will, I will practice will it. it <laughs> I will practice Make it every And uh, do it two minutes a day together. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Awesome. Thank you very much. Alicia was a fascinating interview with you. A lot of uh, humor and a lot of serious things also. I like this combination. It's, uh, it's excellent when you are doing all the message you have been bringing to all of us. And could you finally tell us how we can learn more about you or follow you? What is the best way? Sure. I have a website, alishadatner.com. That's A-L-I-C-I-A-D-A-T-T-N-E-R, alishadatner.com. And people can also check out Making Light Comedy. So I think that's makinglightfestival.com. And that's my comedy festival that will eventually be online that you, people can access around the world. Wow. And people can work with me one-on-one -on -one just by contacting me at my website. And Google me. There's just, I litter the internet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you can see YouTube. You can check me out on Facebook. Um, there's a lot out there. Yeah, a lot of nice nice videos and about your your comedy gigs. Yeah, amazing. Mm -hmm. Really highly recommended to watch all these videos and visit all the all the websites that Alicia has recommended. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Alicia, it was a, was a pleasure to talk with you and I wish you all the best. Thank you so much, Oscar. Thanks for this time together. It's really fun. It was really fun. Have a nice day. Bye-bye. Okay, you too. Dear listeners of Time to Shine, this is the end of today's episode. If you like our show, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Stitcher, or for more information, visit our website, www.timetoshinepodcast.com. Welcome to listen to us again next week.